welcome back to another episode of Dear 4AM Front. Today is the seventh episode of Dear 4AM Friend and something that I specifically planned for the seventh episode is to talk about something that's very close to my heart. And the more I thought about it, the more I think that this might be a two-parter episode. So we will start today with the first part. Um, before that, backing up, why did I make the seventh episode the sort of kickoff of this topic is because seven is my lucky number. I feel very connected to it. I don't know why. Maybe it's also because I think my parents also at some level found it to be one of their lucky numbers, um, which I didn't know until way later on. And I don't know, it's a special number to me. It's something that I find little meeting in when I see it in random places. Um, maybe it doesn't mean anything, but to me, it just gives me a sense of comfort in a weird way. So yeah, that's why I decided the seventh episode would be when I kicked off this important topic. Um, but before I get into what the topic is and start talking, I want to, again, thank you all for your support. Please continue to share your feedback and thoughts with me. Um, use the question box in the Spotify app to be able to respond and give me feedback and your thoughts on the episode or you can feel free to send an email to dear4amfriend at gmail.com where everything is spelled out except for the number four which is just going to be the digit four so that's d-e-a-r the number four a-m-f-r-i-e-n-d at gmail.com with that being said let's dive into the episode Today's episode, and I think maybe the second part as well, I am actually going to be going based off of no notes, um, at least today's episode, and I think I just want to let it flow and come from my heart. I usually always do have notes when I'm recording my podcast episode, just things that I've jotted down to help guide me through the flow of conversation that I have in my head. But today's, I think, will come naturally to me. So what these next two episodes are going to be about is something that I call my Elevate campaign. Anybody that's a close friend of mine, and I think most of the people that are listening to this is considered one of those, know that Elevate is a word that they are probably sick of hearing because I use it all the time and I have kept telling people about the fact that I am working on elevating. I am working on my Elevate campaign and trying to explain it to people is a little bit difficult because there are so many components to it um, and it sounds like when I'm scrolling on TikTok that actually a lot of people seem to also be on this journey 
um, which is great, and especially this year. So it feels like, in a way, everybody's, a lot of people at least, are on the same page and are, and for them, it's, of course, like, whatever they call it. But for me, the word elevate really stood out to me. And for me to explain what exactly I'm doing, I need to actually start by explaining the context. I need to explain the backstory because I think that backstory is significant and it might be something that you all can relate to. And I don't think I'm alone in what I went through with that. This all goes back to last year. And last year was definitely a very fun year. And I have no regrets to all the experiences that I had. I was meeting a lot of the wishes and dreams that I've had on my list. So one of the things that I wanted when I grew up was to feel like that businesswoman that had her work bag with her as she jumped onto a plane to travel to her workplace and her plane is her office. She's heading to the client side or to do her business. And in fact, it's something that I know that family, friends, parents also remember me saying when I was younger and have reminded me of that in the past couple of years about how I've said that. And I felt like I was meeting that. I was traveling a lot for work. I was busy with work. I was meeting the goals of what I wanted to be like at work, what I wanted to provide. I was meeting my social goals of feeling like I was connecting with friends in a new city. I had my friend group. I had all the activities and I was going out. I was having fun. I was working that Monday through Friday, maybe Sunday through Friday, flights, coming back, hitting the clubs, going to sleep, waking up, heading out for brunch. I would just stop cooking because there was no point since I would be traveling out again, grabbing food, and again, hang out with my friends, sleep, pack up, jump onto a plane, and hit the ground running. I amassed my status that I wanted or were wishing for within my flights and my hotels. And I was, I was meeting a lot of goals that I had for myself. So in that sense, I do want to say I have no regrets to how last year went. And that was until I think there was a point and there's no way I can describe this other than emptiness. I hit this feeling of emptiness. I distinctly remember I was on my way back. I had plans for the evening. I was going to come home and head straight out to hang out with my friends. But I was sitting in this restaurant before my flight took off. Had gotten a glass of wine because I was like, yeah, I'm... That girl unwinding with my glass of wine, got my food. But I wasn't feeling good. And one of my rules about alcohol is that I don't drink if I'm not feeling good. So I 
immediately wasn't feeling great about drinking that wine. Um, but, you know, I, it didn't really hit me. It was just like a little feeling of like blankness. And then I got on the plane and I had my first class seat because I got my upgrade. And they serve champagne. I got the champagne, but I didn't feel like drinking it. So I went into the bathroom with my champagne glass, poured it out, and brought it back out. That's how much I really didn't want to drink that champagne. And I remember staring out the window and feeling like crying but I didn't know why. Like, I didn't know why I felt like I needed to cry. I didn't know why I felt empty. I felt like I didn't have a base. And I think that's what it is. I always tend to feel the most unstable when I lack a base. I'm a woman of routine. Um, anyone can tell you that I am a type A girl, a woman of routine. And I mean, I did do my routine to a certain extent, but it had gotten so whittled down. I think I was just surviving at one point and I hadn't taken care of my health as much as I wanted to. I wasn't going to the gym as much as I wanted to, or really focusing on my health as much as I wanted to, focusing on nutritious foods, entering my body and taking care of keeping an active lifestyle. So somewhere I really lost my health. And I that was one thing that was feeding into it. And I I don't know how else to say like other than I just felt empty and I wanted to stare out the window in this first class seat and cry and it felt like it was straight out of some silly movie and I felt like I was playing some role like that out-of-body experience where you look down and you're like you're playing this character is what it felt like so again you know got back I was hitting the ground running going out having fun with my friends all great and this is also a point where I was starting to build this adversity to alcohol and this is something that I always say I don't believe that I am someone that can get addicted very easily now those may be famous last words so I will say like I don't think and very easily it's not to say it won't happen to me and it's because that I, I get excited about something for a little bit, but I always get sick of it or something I associate with it where I just like, I'm like, it needs to leave my life. So, and this happens with so many like silly things. Like it'll be like a game on like a phone or something and I'll play it a ton for like a little bit of time and then I'm done. I'm sick of it. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not the one to like overcome that hump and like be like, no, I want to continue going. That's not me. So I think I was kind of hitting that wall with drinking and going out. I was like, I don't know how much this is fulfilling me. I don't know what this is doing for me. Um, 
And yeah, so this kept going until I actually had a, a break from traveling for work. And this got to a point where I did not want to talk to really talk to people. I just wanted to sit in silence. I didn't feel like texting or responding to people. But that week, I don't know, I saw a small glimmer, a small glimmer come back. And I think I started to, I, I remember I went to the gym. I did my boxing workout. And then I went and I sat by the water at this little park near my place. And I sat there quietly. And I'm always usually listening to music. Didn't listen to any music. I just stared at the water. And I sat there for a long time in silence. And I think that is actually one of the moments in my life where it hit me how important meditation is. Because in that meditative state, I found peace. In that being in the present, I found peace. I came home, I started cleaning, started doing the routines that helped me keep a clean home. And I got into my bed and I, for a moment, it hit me how good I felt. And it, it was like, if your muscles are really sore and you get a moment where it gets a rest and something is propping it up and it just alleviates a pressure and you just feel it just for a second. And, and that's what it felt like. Just like a fleeting moment where I felt like, wait, I'm moving towards something good. I'm moving towards a positive. And, and I function a lot like that. I function a lot on feeling. Um, I function a lot on I'm moving towards something good or like there's a dissonance in me. There's a dissonance in me and I can feel a dissonance and I don't know how to fix it. I don't know. I might not know what it is, but I'll, I'll just, I'll just, you know, tweak little things until it just kind of clicks and you're like, whoa, wait, that felt right. Or whoa, wait, that, that resolved something like that. That's how I function. So for me, that was like, ooh, something just eased up. I'm moving towards something good. And then I realized, I think I was missing my space. I was missing a sense of stability and a sense of slowing down and a sense of feeling steady and like I was actually taking control of my life again that like I was taking care of myself and dedicating time to myself and being better and just being good feeling good and putting myself in a space that felt good and this was pivotal because it opened a Pandora's box of many other thoughts in my brain. So one, we figured out that, okay, I need st stability. I need to find ground and I need to take care of myself because that is important to me. Now, the second major point was me evaluating what am I doing and where is this all leading to? Yes, it's checking off things of my dreams from my childhood. But what was interesting is that while I met some of these goals, again, 
remember I mentioned, I function a lot on feeling. I function a lot on Im imagery and sort of picturizing certain things. I, I picture moments and I try to get close to that picture. Um, so in my head, I have a view of the woman I am and I can be. And for example, that's like a woman of power, a woman of endurance, a woman of boundless energy, a woman of confidence, and a woman that can achieve great things, who makes a mark in this world. So this is something that I imagine myself to be that I imagine that I can be. But for so long, I think I told myself that I can't actually get that because that's reserved for only certain types of people. That's reserved for only people that are actual dreamers, that are actual go-getters, that are actual achievers. And in one moment, I asked myself, why the hell do I think that? Why am I telling myself that I can't be a go-getter, an achiever? Because the only thing differentiating them and me is that they actually have the courage to do things. Meanwhile, I, I succumbed. I succumbed into my fears. I succumbed into safety. And that's okay. That's not wrong. But if I'm telling myself that I can't achieve certain things that I want or I can't meet certain goals that I want because I'm not the type of person that can achieve that, then the key point there is I'm making myself the type of person that cannot achieve that. Understanding that made me realize, so if I'm making myself the type of person that cannot achieve something, can't I also make myself the type of person that can achieve something? And this is where my wheels started spinning. It is the first time, it's like, it's like as if my brain broke the fourth wall for once and I, this outside version that was looking in, got to meet the inner version and reconcile. I asked myself, why do I think that I'm not good enough to achieve or get stuff? And then I said, okay, it's because I feel like I face a lot of failures um, and I, I don't get the opportunities. Like people overlook me for things. Then I said, do the people that achieve what I want to achieve or would I view myself to be the people that I admire the way they are? Did they not face those setbacks? Of course they did. Of course people overlooked them. The thing is, they did things in spite of that. So once again, my attitude and my mentality has held me back. It is single-handedly what prevented me from achieving it, it really is sure I've had roadblocks and sure I've had things that may not have gone my way but I allowed that to define me 
I allow that to tell me that I have limitations in life of what I can be and what I can achieve. And that is that. And this limiting belief was actually a very big rude awakening to me because I started thinking, okay, now that we've broken this fourth wall, let's talk about the possibilities. Let's actually sit down. Let's think about where I am, who I believe myself to be, and how do I get there? Let's lift me up. Or as one might say, let's elevate. Because listen, I am very grateful for everything I have. And I'm grateful that I was able to achieve the things that I wished for. So life is good, right? Like things are good. But I am not reconciled in my mind to my to my content. I am not reconciled with the person that I wanted to view myself to be. And this is where my brain started thinking. It started putting the why nots out there. What's stopping you out there? Look at the people that you do admire and think about the journey that they've been through and think about how they might have dealt with the things that prevented them. And this push and this churn really got me thinking. And I started to reflect. I said, okay, we're missing something. And we, we're, we have a gap and we need to bridge that gap. So this is the first time that I realized the gap and also realized that I can cross this gap. I can cross this gap to get it to a higher level. I need to build the ladder. So that became my Elevate campaign. So this is the backstory of how I got to my Elevate campaign. My Elevate campaign lists out my ladder. It lists out the way for me to reconcile what I was to who I am and who I believe myself to be, and actually believing it, and being it, and exhibiting it through and through and through. I think that the feelings that I went through are not unique. I think many people have felt like that maybe before in their life. Maybe they felt one of those two feelings, or maybe they felt everything. And I think it's important that we realize the, the main takeaway that I also want to point out in this backstory is try to break your own fourth wall. Try to break the box that you put your inner self in and break out of the out-of-body experience and try to merge. Try to understand the lack because I think when we fail to, we can get into a really, really slippery slope. And I think, of course, it affects people in different ways, but you have to question yourself. It's kind of like, how do you prevent like groupthink or like you prevent a lot of people just going for the same thing? You have to put in that voice that asks the opposite side, that plays the devil's advocate, that plays for the, the why nots in, instead of the whys that plays for the think about it in the exact opposite way. 
You have to do that for yourself. You need to posit the question, but what if not? When One thing that, one exercise that I learned through facing some of these realities was I started doing a decision tree. As an overthinker, I think that I have a tendency to go down a hole. But the thing is, I go down one specific side of the decision tree that digs me into a hole. What I forget is that every choice and every ifs that I pick, there's also another option in each of those branches. So what I need to push myself to do is take the other path from where I start my overthinking and do the knots, do the opposites. Just go down that path and see where it might take you. Because whether I liked what, no matter how much I overthink, whether I want to accept it or not, odds are, odds are great that both either or scenario could happen. And that is where your mental attitude and your mentality and your view and your beliefs can really make a difference because sure the outcome itself may be somewhat out of your hands but how you approach it will make a world of a difference for how you feel after it whether it's success or failure that comes and what actually happens doesn't matter because it was going to happen anyway that was another pivotal lesson that I learned. So these are some of the things that I thought about. But if you yourself are feeling this kind of way, one thing I want to encourage you to do is instead of just thinking of the negative path down, think of the why not. Think of the opposite path. Think of the what if it does work out. Just think it through, right? And, and then tell yourself that, there is a 50% chance that that could happen as well, right? And that is really, really, I think, important to do. Now, of course, if you are in a very, very bad place, you're really in deep depression or anything like that, please do seek professional help. Do reach out to your community. Make sure you surround yourself. And of course, if you ever need a listening ear to just help you and help you get to help, I am here. Feel free to email me at dear4amfriend at gmail.com and I will make sure to be there as your 4am friend if you're going through it. Regardless, please do seek help if you feel like you need it. You never know how much it might help you. And don't give up on the first try. You may not like the first person that you work with. You just need to find the right person to connect with will understand you and understand your way of thinking and it can make a world of a difference all right with that i love you all thank you all for listening and in the next episode after this week which i hopefully will get up on tuesday but the fourth but i am usually recording a couple days before but i am going to be busy for a little time as I am going to go on a bit of a vacation. So I will try to make sure it goes up on the 4th, but if not, it might come a little bit later. So apologies in advance, but stay tuned for that next episode. I think it'll be a good one. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a lovely rest of your week.